The yeah. only other thing... No, I don't really want to talk about Lacey. I just was so annoyed when it wasn't the finale, and I watched, <laughs> I, I was like, finally, this show's going to end, and I got to the end of the episode. I'm like, how is it not over yet? <laughs> how is it still happening? The show's never going to fucking end. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about fireplaces. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, welcome to Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. Uh, I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba managing editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori, and White Lotus Loki Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. I just thought we'd merge the. That's basically you've you've previewed the shows we're going to talk about this week, um, among others. Uh, so does that mean that you are a Loki who works at the White Lotus? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about those shows. Uh, I don't also. like all these lo- Lotuses, these Lokis. It's annoying me. Wait, what? What? All hang on, hang on. All right, we have to. We have to. Ne- we're just going straight to Loki now. No, what, no, I, I don't. What, mean what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? You don't like all these Loki? How can you I not just, like them? I just feel like, well, I, I, I mm, the multiverse has always been an issue with me, but they did it so well on Spider Man. <laughs> hmm. Um, the, the 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 cartoon was yes. done so well. Don't pander, sort of, Dustin. Don't I'm pander. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, if they're all going to be that good. That's fine, but I feel like Loki is just like if you and, and when you look at the the uh, the trailer for What If, you're like, well, if you're just, I mean, it, it sort of loses all meaning if there's okay. if you have like infinite possibilities. Oh my god! Okay, no, no, okay. Wait, and there's also sort of no, no, and there's also this sort of you know American exceptionalism only applied oh my god. to our specific timeline. No, okay. It's always our hero that wins. Uh, okay. Instead of the other timelines. No, okay, A, that last bit, no. Uh, B, <laughs> so you're mixing up alternate timelines, alternate universes, and what What If is doing, which is something completely different. Right. Okay, so first, Into the Spider-Verse was a genuine multiverse, right? Yes. What yes. Loki is positing isn't quite that yet. What all of those Lokis represent are branches off of the initial timeline. Right. Um, so it's kind of an alternate timeline. They they, but it's not a completely different reality. Right. It's not yet. It's it's like it's like part of why they are in this void is because they're trying to prevent these alternate. They're trying to prevent a multiverse, right? Right, but the, right Wait. now, this is so. There's one timeline, what? but each each of these Lokis makes a, I, and that doesn't quite explain. Okay, Alligator Loki was a bit of a curveball. I'll admit. <laughs> At some a point, delightful curveball. A delightful, and I'm not going to argue it. Give me more. <laughs> yes, uh, that was fine. But Wait, the but other, how Loki, do you even have Black Loki and female Loki and in the, I mean, well, so each okay, one of boastful each, Loki, boastful Loki, yeah. Wrong B word. Um, the, each one represented a specific departure from the normal Loki's timeline. Mm-hmm. So, A, Loki has always been gender fluid. 
Um, but it, okay. it's so it's not so much that she's a female; it's that she was captured so early on, and right. we still don't quite know why. Mm-hmm. Um, for old Loki, uh, classic Loki, it was actually that he he lived normal Loki's entire life, except that at the moment where Loki was supposed to get killed by Thanos, he he did his illusion thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to go off into hiding and avoid the TVA for long enough, um, right. which is how he got to that age. Um, kid Loki is just a Loki that in his childhood killed Thor. Mm-hmm. Okay. But how are, so, but they don't exist on any timeline? Well, not anymore. Cause they got, they got pruned. That's right. how they ended up in the void. Right. So, so their you, timeline was basically like, it's like it was sipped off. Right. And then, and then they, they end up uh, there in the void and uh, and then the main timeline continues on. Right. Okay. And t- to be honest, this is all very... Where did they come from? What was the origin of, like, uh, Sylvia? I don't understand if this is not a multiverse. They're, they're just... I mean, to be fair, Marvel is not defining this incredibly clearly. Uh, <laughs> but it's not... There is a difference between, like, the Spider-Verse where, like, these are not all, like, the same Spider-Man at different points of the timeline where, where different decisions right. impacted it. This is, right. like, a whole universe that happened differently. Right. It's and a different created. universe. Right. right. Whereas what these Lokis How's that are... Not, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, How are these Lokis not a different universe? So, because they're all... So if you have one timeline... Um, but you can almost think of it as like a loop. Uh, there is a one natural flow of events, Mm -hmm. but if certain things happen along that flow that could divert it, um, that would create a new branch, which would appear to be a different reality, except that the TVA keeps coming in and lopping it off. Right. But all every time it lops it off, those characters end up in the void. So that's why they're all able to meet up. Right. Does so this Dustin, only there work would be... in this specific instance with Loki because he's like a shapeshifter guy. Well, yes. One a he can look very different because mm-hmm. yeah, he is completely fluid. But also so, the the TVA it, without the TVA, then there would actually be it, at least the way it's been presented thus far, if I'm understanding it correctly, yes. there would be a multi a true multiverse if the TVA had not been constantly pruning all of these different and not just with Loki, but like with. Everyone with everything. Else. But yeah. it's just, it just happens to be that Loki, as a, a sort of agent of chaos, tends to <laughs> create a lot of Nexus events. Right. There's a lot, a lot of opportunity for him. Right. Uh, so, but, so, like, if Mobius could create a lot of Nexus events, there wouldn't be a lot of, like, there wouldn't be an alligator Mobius. There'd just be, like, a Mobius without a mustache, with a different hairstyle, but it wouldn't be, like... Uh, well, I don't um, know. Maybe Black not. Mobius and a boastful, boastful. Why? Why? why what maybe there's a maybe there's a Mobius, but it's played by Luke Wilson instead of Owen Wilson. Okay. I would I would 100 percent watch that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're not entirely wrong. And and the other thing to remember is that the TVA. Uh, uh-huh. We're we all we have right now is the story that we learn mostly through Mobius, uh, which is that like there was a multiverse. It fought there was you know these different the different universes the people in them 
were constantly in battle. And so these timekeepers came and like tried to clean it up by eliminating the multiverse and kind of condensing all of the possible real possible timelines, mm-hmm. possible realities into one single linear timeline. Right. Right. And that's um, our Loki who's also the- dead. Right, theoretically. Well, no, our the Loki that we're watching in the Loki TV show is another variant. He right. is the variant that took the Tesseract right. from after the events right. of right. the event. The, right. the natural timeline is the one where he dies in uh, Endgame. That is not the Loki that we're looking at. Right. So, oh. all of that, right. So, uh, but, but the, again, the whole thing is we only have the TVA's word for that. The idea that there is only one timeline because they've pruned all of the other, right. they, they've eliminated the multiverse. Right. That doesn't mean that's the case. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not convinced that it is. Because they've obviously <laughs> already been lying quite a bit. To a lot of <laughs> right. people. They're lying about a lot of things. And we right. know that, like, um, so far, a multiverse hasn't broken out. But clearly, whatever's happening with the timeline, like, it's not sustainable. Uh, we know that we've got a movie coming down the pike with Doctor Strange that is, you know, is, Matt, the multiverse. is about the multiverse. Right. Um, I think that the multiverse still exists out there. So it hasn't been Wanda, eliminated. Wanda sort of introduced the multiverse. Um, I, I th- yes. I think Wanda. they. Well, they hinted that her kids are still out there in a in, in what a, right. would be a different universe than. Right. Okay. She can like she is sort of a nexus being in and of herself. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I see where Loki is going. Where it's coming from is still a little confusing to me, but that sort of clears it up. And then the fact that Loki can be can shape shift into all of these different things sort of makes sense to me now. Right. But also, you were you were throwing shade a moment ago at all of the Lokis when. It gave us the Loki fight, which was, was chaotic amusing. and amusing yes. and Ultraman-esque. Uh, yes, but ultimately kind of fizzled up. No, it... Oh, my God. No, it didn't, <laughs> Dustin. The point Alligator of the f- Loki bit off President Loki's hand. Okay, A, that, yeah. Yeah, that was not a fizzle. <laughs> I, and I did enjoy the fact that they turn, all turned against each other. Right. Fun. But I think, but again, the point wasn't that the fight was supposed to be important. The point was that it was a, an opportunity for main character Loki mm-hmm. to witness just how futile his existence typically is mm-hmm. like it was a demonstration in self-destruction literal self like right so it's like him kind of it's reinforcing the fact that like no when you just lie and deceive and backstab you will never win right loki the outcast right so uh but you also brought up the idea of what if and i think that okay. that's that is a big question mark because that cartoon is not necessarily represent i mean it is it is more the multiverse than the, this idea of alternate timelines, mm-hmm. which, again, Marvel is not delineating the difference between them super clearly. So I think this is something that we have to kind of keep watching as they, they do more. Spider-Verse is hard because that was a Sony property and it was a cartoon, so it's not even the, the Marvel movies. Right. Um, but it is something fundamentally different from what Loki is playing at so far. Uh, What If is based on these comics that were more thought exercises. 
And so it, we, I think they will represent a, a form of the multiverse, but I'm not even sure that it's going to be the like canon multiverse. That's right. the question. Right. But it is the idea of like, yeah, what if Captain Carter, what if Agent Carter, you know, Peggy Carter became a Captain America type figure right. or uh, the, the Marvel zombies. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you're um, telling me that what if might not count? It's a cartoon, and it, no, and I think the very premise of it is that I mean, it may be illustrating different worlds of the multiverse if mm-hmm. they introduce that that way, but it not necessarily. I'm still not sure if it's going to be canon or not. Right. I, I I think the only way it would be canon would be if they basically said these are these are other universes, so they do exist, but 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 we're just telling these stories. So it's right. like. They do technically count, but we're never going to revisit this after. This is right. just to see what happened when whatever whatever happened. This yeah, um, uh, the world in which this one key event happened differently, right. or the right, right. Um, um, but I think, and they may be hinting at that because the Watcher is in it, and the Watcher is that yes. this figure in the Marvel that yeah, I mean, he just watches. He watches reality unfold, right. and he's supposed to be an impartial viewer, but it also means that he can witness. Uh, the multiverse. Yeah, he can he right. can witness all the different versions of right. Um, Which yeah. incidentally is kind of why I never got into those comics because I remember seeing those when I would go to the comic book shop and like the what ifs. Even like as a child, I was like, oh, this doesn't actually count though. It doesn't so, matter. So uh, so I was like, ah, I'm not going to read that. But it was also, <laughs> but, I mean, it was very similar to Journey into Mystery, which was where. Right. Not exactly, but I mean that's where Thor and Loki began mm-hmm. before they got like popular enough that they got put into the main Marvel comics. Right. It was this sort of offshoot brand right. of just weird stories. It's just like a dream sequence episode. Right. But notably, Marvel Zombies wasn't a what if property at all. Marvel Zombies was just literally like somebody pitched a story where it's like, what if there's a, a world where all of our heroes became zombies? Right, right. <laughs> and it was a very good series. <laughs> so, broadly, more broadly speaking, and, and now I've been introduced to the multiverse, I think. We have, have we seen it elsewhere besides uh, Spider-Man? Elsewhere in Marvel or elsewhere, like, in the history of entertainment? Just in, like, these big superhero films. Have we seen it anyway? Did we see an alternate universe where uh, Thanos won, I feel like? Um, no. You... Well, no, but you... I mean, it's a it's a timeline thing, right? You do, you do kind of see it in the... I, I mean, this is, this is a piece of... This is where you get into the, the, the weird debates about, like, can you prevent the past or not but like days of future past in the x-men timeline um that is technically they start off in an alternate future that is not what we consider the main canon future because that movie was about them going back and right because that movie's about them going back and and fixing it um Um, which is kind of what happened in star trek yes yes but in star trek they they ended up in a branch reality I mean, technically, Endgame and Infinity War are playing with that, too. Like, you have Thanos wins and goes off to his planet and dies, and then the heroes are left, and they, for a few years, you know, like, 
this sucks. Everyone's sad. And then they come up and then that's when Scott Lang shows up and is like, yo, I think I figured out time travel. Mm -hmm. And then they can go back and get the stones first and change the future. Right. So it, in a sense, essentially end game rewrites infinity war. Right. And I guess my question is once you go to the multiverse, how do you come back from that? Because it feels like once you're there, there's, again, infinite possibilities and the stakes get harder to create stakes because you can just fix things with time travel or bringing somebody from another universe or... So again, I think it's... Well, and that's the problem. So there's a difference between alternate timelines (laughs) and an alternate reality, a full reality. Um... uh, so I like Doctor Who because they created this other, and there was this other universe where they sent Doctor Who, and then that was a closed universe. He could not come back. <coughs> yes. It was done. And that made sense to me. Uh, yeah, he was also the human version, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Doctor Who, but again, Doctor Who is much more clearly playing with space and time. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't... It has enough weirdness going on that they don't they don't often get too much into into alternate realities. I think you're right. right. I think the the question of stakes uh, becomes very it's something that Marvel does a lot. Like they'll create another in the comics. And so they created what was it, the ultimate line of comics. Right. <laughs> which was a whole reimagining of their heroes. Mm-hmm. And then that's where Miles Morales as Spider-Man started. And then they became really popular, and eventually it was like, okay, we're going to come up with a, a, an event that breaks down the walls between these realities, and so we can take some of the characters that we like and move mm-hmm. them into the Prime Universe. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, I don't know exactly, you know, A, when you start messing with timelines, there's the possibility that nothing's permanent. Right. <clears throat> But when you start messing with alternate, full alternate realities, that means that you, you, you're opening the possibility to elements that never existed in your world in the first place being added. So, I don't know. Yeah, this is also, uh, incidentally, where Marvel Comics <coughs> at, at kind of lost their way for a little while. Where, like, thing, it, I mean, it, it is the problem that you're highlighting, Dustin, where... Yeah. Um, where it, it became impossible to trust the stakes of of a death or of whatever because it all there was always a way to bring someone back. But also that had nothing to do with the the multiverse or alternate timelines. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they would just you would find out that the version that died was a robot. Oh right, well, it was like a you know life model <laughs> decoy, and this person has always been hooked up, or this person right. you know like it's. Um, I'm still not convinced. I mean, that's one of the questions that we've had. Cause like with, so Natasha has died multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony, even when he actually seemed to really die in the comics, he still stuck around as a, literally as an AI, mm-hmm. as an operating system in another, in the new iron, iron heart or whatever, like the, the girls, uh, kind of Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm he was the AI running it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he had like downloaded his whole personality. Like, is it unbelievable that we may still have Robert Downey Jr. showing up as a hologram? <laughs> like, 
we saw that in Endgame. Man, I don't want them. I don't, yeah, I, I I enjoy the MCU, and I don't yeah. want them to like ruin it with all of this stuff. I and mean, maybe they won't. Maybe it'll be great. I mean, it feels the like one... it's getting out of. I mean, the Loki thing. It started to feel like it's losing its grasp on reality a little. I so I think the Loki thing is a lot more fun. I don't think it's sustainable if you want to apply it to the larger MCU. And the one thing that I think is interesting is that we're the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has gotten so big that you kind of have these pockets. So you've got characters like it used to be there was Avengers and all of and then their solo stories, but it was all building to the Avengers. Right. And we have more than that now. So you're you're going to have uh, Doctor Strange and Wanda and, and they're creating this world that is more based on magic and Loki I think is going to fall into that like he's learning more about like his illusions and, and mm-hmm. what he's capable of not just as a god of Asgard but as essentially as a sorcerer Right. Um, so I think you're creating a world of magic and then you had sort of the guardians and, and the world the, the space side of the stories mm-hmm. but you still have kind of the 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 more gritty earthbound kind of, you know, the Captain America stuff, which will now be Sam or, you know, Black Widow being involved, Hawkeye being involved. Um, You're still going to have Captain Marvel was more the space side. Um, There will be crossovers between all of that. But I think that you're seeing the universe kind of expand into these pockets. And that's where I'm like, I don't mind when Loki is doing that. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see, you know, that's not going to be like, oh, Bucky Barnes as a bunch of Buckies in a room together. Like, there, you know, I think certain rules will apply to certain elements of the universe. And that's where it's going to be interesting moving forward is to see how these mix in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. I think that it would be unsustainable. And, and, I, and as much as I say, like, you know, this, these things happened in the comics, it wouldn't be un unbelievable for them to happen in the movies I don't really believe that they're going to bring back Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. and while I certainly wouldn't put it past them to have like some some excuse for a Robert Downey Jr. cameo I don't think like Tony Stark will will revive in any permanent sense because the actors are getting older that's the thing that you don't have in the comics right. time, time doesn't mean anything in the comics right you know, 30 years go by and Professor Xavier is just as bald as he was before. Like, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, you don't have actors who are aging in front of you. Right. Well, I think the other piece is that I don't like the, I didn't like Dr. Strange that much. I don't like the magic part, but because again, it's like, it's like the Green Lantern. He can do fucking anything. And the only thing that can stop him is yellow. And that is not at all Captain Doctor Strange. God damn it! But no, Doctor <laughs> Strange can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can he can like conjure up an entire building and beat somebody with it. Um, and it, it just gets kind of like again, it feels sort of Superman-y. And, and, and oh, see, I feel it's the opposite. Not because I, I agree the scale of power, but I also think with that is a scale of, of problem that never really happened with. I mean, I don't know. I, again, this the, all of the stuff with the multiverse and different, especially in the comics, like different versions of these characters that all would then get mushed together for a new launch of everything like that happened in DC, too. But 
I like what I what appeals to me about Doctor Strange and and Scarlet Witch and some of these characters is while they may have enormous problems or enormous powers, they also have these also scaled up challenges that they face. So it's like Doctor Strange having to protect the world from a, a, a threat in a whole other dimension. Mm-hmm. And that's what we haven't talked about. Like, it's not just alternate realities. It's there are other dimensions from our own where the laws of physics operate differently. And um, I, I think there's a lot of storytelling possibility in that. Mm-hmm. I think that I, so far I have no real complaints. I'm just worried about where it's going. <laughs> You I mean, have I plenty of complaints. Uh, sure. And I didn't love Loki. And I mean, the Loki, the enchantment thing was like, oh, it's got this huge fucking beast coming after me, so I'm just going to stare at it, and then it's going to disappear. Okay, no, that was, okay, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the most impressive, but it was a, uh, it was a Wizard of Oz pulling aside the curtain mm-hmm. moment. Sure. It was they, thematically, it wasn't necessarily like, you know. No, it wasn't yeah. the most convincing maneuver. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. However, if you besmirch Alligator Loki one more time. Yeah. <laughs> or Richard E. Grant, who... No, he was great. Very, he was phenomenal. Very nice. Uh, he did so much with mm-hmm. so little time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he made you feel that for that character. He created an entire world and then watched it get destroyed, which was kind of silly, but... The fact that he sort of sacrificed himself was amazing. But also his story, like, I mean, on the one hand, I just love that he was, like, dramatically swishing this absolutely ridiculous cape. <laughs> but then he would sit down and tell you this heartbreaking story about how he, like, outsmarted everyone and lived by himself. And he only got caught when he decided that, like, he was curious what his brother was up to. Mm-hmm. Like, his entire, the entire premise of classic Loki was just to illustrate how lonely Loki is. Mm-hmm. Like, I do appreciate the themes that they're, and I'm not saying the show is doing it subtly. It's beating it. It's all incredibly on the nose. Like you can't avoid it. Right. But the ways that they have taken the themes that they're laying out and are exploring them. I, I do appreciate. Okay. Just one more time. Okay. <laughs> Let's ignore all the other Lokis and let's just look at our prime Loki. Okay. And Richard E. Grant Loki. Okay. How does old Loki exist? So, uh, the difference between their two existences is that our... So, again, and this is not our Loki. This is still... The Loki that we're watching in the Loki show is a variant Loki. Right. So he is not the Loki that we watched in the movies, or at least not after Avengers. Right. But, but why? What, so, so when, oh my God. Okay, so in Endgame, when... Yeah, he got sent back. No, he didn't get sent back. The, so uh, Tony and Ant-Man and those guys, they all go back in time because they're trying to get the stones. Mm-hmm. And in, when they're, they go back to 2012 where in the events of the Avengers, because in New York City at that time, there would be multiple time stones or not time stones. It was like the time stone and then the Tesseract and like whatever. Right. 
when they try to get the Tesseract, Hulk freaks out in the elevator and like knocks them over. And so yes. the suitcase goes flying. And at that yes. point, S.H.I.E.L.D. had Loki in custody and Loki yes. looks down at his feet. That did not happen in the normal Marvel timeline. Nobody was trying to take the Tesseract, so it didn't get it didn't get knocked to his feet. Right. But because of the time shenanigans of Endgame, suddenly there was this opportunity that Loki didn't have in the normal timeline to escape, to take that Tesseract and escape. And so he does that. And then the Loki series picks up where he immediately is apprehended by the TVA for becoming a variant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so all of these are variants. They're, so the they're prime does variants. not exist in the show. Right. And none of these people theoretically can return to the prime Correct. Timeline. Correct. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, the show... if, the, if the TVA still exists to prevent them. Right. I see. Um, and certainly the idea of them being locked, stuck in the void, there's no coming back from the end of time because you had that beast preventing them from going anywhere. But right. the question of what is the difference between the Loki that we've been watching and classic Loki is uh, classic Loki had always relied more on his magic than on fighting, which was a complaint that people had about the way Loki was presented in the movies anyway. Loki is, even as a villain, like he's an incredibly power, powerful individual, and the fact that he was kind of depicted as this liar who wields these blades, it was like that, it was a little awkward anyway, but they were trying to fit him. When Marvel launched the Thor branch of things they tried to take what should be kind of uh the asgardian god aspect of things and they tried to make it more realistic it wasn't magic it was just science that you didn't understand yet right it wasn't like you know they kind of tried to which they've now gone (laughs) they've sort of abandoned that but that's where this depiction of loki came from he wasn't he could do some magic but that wasn't he was kind of limited. He still was more, you know, he had knives. He was more of a fighter. Right. Uh, so classic Loki is, is hearkening back to like the origins of the comic Loki. And that Loki wasn't a fighter. He was an incredibly powerful sorcerer. So the premise here is starting from a young age, that Loki relied on magic. And so when he, he aged exactly, he did all the things that the Loki we know did up until that moment in Infinity, in Endgame, uh-huh. uh, where Thor, he like goes to kill Thor, uh, kill Thanos and Thanos strangles him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Except that classic Loki did what Loki should have done in the first place, which was do what he always does, create an illusion and make everyone think he died and then survive on the side. Oh, okay. And so that is the only difference. And so that's why that classic Loki then like went off where he couldn't bother anyone. And that's why the TVA didn't go after him, because even though he was a variant, he wasn't actively upsetting the timeline. Right. He wasn't making enough of a difference for them to notice. For them to notice. Thor thought he was dead. Everyone thought he was dead. The only reason he got apprehended at an older age is because he made the conscious decision to try and get in touch with people. And that would have caused a disturbance. Um, But yeah, so the point of his character is to illustrate. Why couldn't he have been the prime Loki? Just because he wasn't? Uh, just because he wasn't. Okay. So right. so that is where this is a bit of a, like, these alternate timelines. It is just, it's, they're all the same Loki, except that key decisions were made at certain times. 
and it, they can be big ones. It can be like this is a Loki who makes decisions based on the fact that he relies more on magic than fighting. Mm-hmm. Or rely, you know. I mean, again, okay. the well, alligator Loki is the is the curveball. Okay. I don't know what to say about that. But if kid Loki kills Thor, then he right. doesn't end up in the Avengers getting sent back to the elevator, and that never happens. So how does he exist? Well, he does. Again, he was his 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 time branch. From the mo- that's why he is Kid Loki when you meet right. him in, in the void because right. as soon as he killed Thor, he got apprehended by the TVA and right. his branch oh. was eliminated. Right, and so that because that version that, of that version of the universe is erased. Is erased, right? Because that so that suggests that the the TVA creates the timeline that they want exactly Mm -hmm. so Ah. what we know so the sacred timeline isn't safe and again this is still relying on the idea that the tva and and the timekeepers have power at all right we don't know that but what they're certainly presenting is the fact that they have sort of decided on the course of time and anything that deviates from the timeline they want. And that's where, where the question of Sylvie comes in. Well, that makes it much more interesting. I see now. I see. I see. Yeah. And if it is a Loki that's operating the timeline, that's just mind-blowing. Well, because why would... Right. Like, that how... That would make Loki it, the most powerful of all the superheroes in some ways. Yes. That's why, like, my preference would be, rather than Kang or any of these other villains, I would really like it to be a Loki that you find out is the wizard of Oz in this situation. Mm -hmm. It might not be. Uh, But I also think that thematically it goes with, A, with the idea that if you want to prove that Loki can be anything, that the idea of the sacred timeline or the idea of Loki's destiny isn't true, that can all be broken, then the best way to, to illustrate that is to show a Loki who hasn't failed at all. Right. If a Loki's behind it, that shows that a Loki is successful. Right. Hmm. So, but then the, the Loki behind the curtain could then be the prime timeline. Well, or there is there is no right. right. Okay. Maybe, but, the, then, I mean, that, but then that Loki will probably lose to our variant Loki, right? Thus, becoming a Loki again to fail for a hero. <laughs> but also the idea that uh, you know it, it also makes a certain amount of sense if the TVA. They talk so much about how they have eliminated all of these variant Lokis, and Lokis are always the problem. And we, at this point, don't know why Sylvie was targeted so young. She doesn't know what she did to change the timeline. And it can't just be that she was a girl. Um, So if the person who is actually behind the TVA is a Loki, naturally a Loki would target themselves. Because right. they know the damage they could cause. Right. Um, and they know that eventually, if they caught up to them, then they would try to take their place. Right. So, it's there's all a... Very enlightening. And now I, I actually <laughs> appreciate the show a lot more. I don't think it's better, but I still appreciate what's going on. It's more, more enjoyable. It's not yes. perfect, but I think it's enjoyable. I have one more question. Yes. <laughs> Explain to me Thor's temper tantrum and the caves in Avengers 2. Avengers 2. Oh, when he has the vision. Um, 
I can't explain that. But that's right. we see, he essentially so they, that was some bullshit that Marvel was trying to seed in the fact that uh, they were going to lead up to. I mean, everything, even the end scene of Avengers 1, like everything was trying to seed in the fact that they were going to build to Infinity War and Endgame, right? It was going to be Thanos with the Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. So that scene with Thor was just another way of, I think, um, because again, it was like, he's like some mystical god or whatever, and he can have a vision. It was just trying to give you another hint at, where all of this was going to go. Okay. It wasn't very well done. I also right. haven't seen Age of Ultron, so I can't help you there. It was dumb. It was very right. good. <laughs> I think I'm caught up now, and I'm now far more interested in the outcome in next week's finale. It's going to be. I hope it's more robots. <laughs> also, can we just take a moment to appreciate the speaking of Doctor Who, the giant Gallifreyan collars that they put on the timekeepers? Mm, yeah, those were I didn't notice them until you pointed them out in your piece, Tori. But I went and like looked up like like Timothy Dalton and like some of the other character actor you know, like pictures from Doctor Who where they do like the old school Gallifreyans and I was like, right. Oh damn. Mm. So anyway. Um, yeah, Dustin, you know, you could just read my recaps. I read all of your recaps. <laughs> They're not convincing, though. <laughs> no, no, I read them all after the episode, but it, and, and they know. explain to me where the show is going and what it's happening, but this is the first time I clearly understood where it's come from. Oh, gotcha. What, what the sort of origin of these variants are. Yeah. Because that's never really clicked yeah it didn't click no that's fair and and again your questions about multiverse and alternate timelines and all that stuff you're hinting at what is a very real problem with the mc right now which is that like they're introducing a bunch of stuff but it they're still in the process of defining it and it it's it is all confusing and i'm not saying i'm i'm giving you my best conjecture at how it works but i could be completely wrong and also this week, I actually read your uh, recap while I was watching the show. Watching the <laughs> so it was like, I was, it was, although the like the first three paragraphs were just like thirst, which was hilarious. Yeah, I don't have any regrets. No, no, no. Tell I, me, I, hey, hey, Dustin, no, no, I know the way you get about man crushes. Did you had you noticed Loki's shoulders? I had not. The, you hadn't noticed that shirt. No, that was not. I had no idea. And I didn't notice was, it either. It was a very lightning. Yeah. Did you draw oh. those arrows yourself? Yes, I drew those arrows. That didn't <laughs> happen in the show. No, no, I, I know. <laughs> no, no. I thought maybe somebody else. You found that image somewhere else. You put in the arrows because you, so you're the only person I think that really picked up on the whole. Um, but I noticed a lot of people in the comments were saying that they agreed and they had been waiting for oh. someone to point it out. That I didn't notice. People agreed. Dude, that shirt is amazing. I didn't. I, he just looked like a, a, you know, middle management. No, but it's not. So, okay. So this is where you need an appreciation for the subtleties of uh, business wear. Because there's, there's like, you know, you can get like a suit from men's warehouse or you can get something that's like tailored, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone in the TVA is wearing kind of, it's like pretty boring, business wear, right. but Ravona's got that long coat. 
and like kind of cropped pants. Like she's got kind of a little look going on. And yeah, his shirt, even though it's like basic gray, the cut of it and the seam that goes from the collar points under the armpits, it just elevates, it elevates the cut of it. That's interesting. I didn't, yeah, I would never have picked up on that. His, he, he looks really good. Yeah, all right. And so, so you're saying, Tori, that, that I should not buy my suits from Men's Warehouse. <laughs> I'm sure they have some very good suits. <laughs> I was very enamored with the, the, the first, the, the costume being made to be able to nurse. That was very... That was cool. awesome. Oh, yeah, that was super so cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have to, all the costumes have been great. And it's funny because so much of it is just kind of boring. It looks like office drone wear, but like mm-hmm. the details on them are wonderful. And yeah, when you see her outfit and find out like the, the thoughtful details that don't, it doesn't matter on screen. It's purely what happens, you know, behind right. the scenes that matters. Like that's wonderful. Yeah. And th- that that's why I, I felt. Up until this episode, I was so bummed that I wasn't enjoying the show more because it was clear that there was so much work and thought going into it, um, into all these little things, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm because Jeez. I did love episode five so much. Uh, I'm I'm glad that I I feel like I finally like I feel like my appreciation for the show has finally caught up to where I hoped it would be. Oh, Dan, good. Uh, Dan, yeah. I don't understand why you didn't appreciate the show. I don't think you understand that this show is about determining the prime timeline. Oh my god, that's not... (laughs) This is like the most important thing in the entire MCU. Okay, look, no, no. This show is about getting Owen Wilson on a fucking jet ski. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. Possibly with an alligator. Oh my god, oh god, what if they run into an alligator? Oh god, Uh, I don't even want to think about it. Um, This means that there's somebody... That decided that Thanos lost, gets to, loses, instead of wins. Right, and it might be a love key, or yeah. it might be, or it might be Kang. Which would be but, but only loses the second time. Like he, he does right. win the first time and then lose in the yeah. loop. Right. Yeah, like they they decided that the because that's that is one thing that they they actually mention in the first episode. When Loki is like, why am I here when I wasn't the one that went back in time? Like, it's the Avengers that went back in time and gave me access to the Tesseract. Like, why am I here and they weren't? And it really was literally like, because their actions fucking with time were supposed to happen. Right. You taking advantage of it wasn't supposed to happen. Right. Because of the person who made that determination. Because someone is, yeah, the sacred timeline isn't... Basically, there's someone playing God. There, it's just like supernatural. Yes. So there is a there is a Chuck. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. It, it all makes sense. So we're just trying to we're trying to find out who God is, and God right. is going to turn out to be Chuck, and we just need to figure out which cast member is Chuck. Oh my God! If it was actually Richard Benedict, it would be the, I would just, that would just be the best thing. Ro- Rob Benedict? Yeah. No. If Rob he Benedict. showed. Sorry. Oh my God! If sorry. he showed. His name up, is Richard and Felicity. Sorry. <laughs> I am right there with you. If he showed up and was like, "I'm the timekeeper," I would. Oh my god! I, I my would shit. piss my pants. <laughs> I mean, the amazing thing is that that might have been uh, the most this podcast moment 
ever. <laughs> I mean, we'll find out on what... Yo, can we all agree if uh, Rob Benedict shows up in the Loki finale, we do a special recording later this week? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> If that happens, we will absolutely do a special episode. Yes. Um, but and in the we meantime... Air, we won't air it until Christmas. In the Yeah, we'll hold it till Christmas. Uh, in the meantime, we are now roughly 43 minutes into the episode. <laughs> and it's time Apologies. to... It's time to... No, it's time for us to get to our... That classic segment, What's Everyone Drinking? Oh, God. Or what... What has everyone been drinking since, you know? I'm going to tell you my story because it's embarrassing for me. <laughs> oh, is it a wine story? No, it's a beer story. And Bruce okay. Rousseff will get a kick out of this because he's the one that... Uh, so, uh, I'm drinking something called uh, OJ, O-H hyphen J. It's a double IPA. It's good, despite the fact that it's an IPA. So yesterday, my uh, producer Seth was at my house for... It was his birthday. It was also my son's birthday. And we were drinking, and um, I was drinking the other beer that I have tonight. It's called it's a Bissell Brother. It's a famous, it's a big time blockbuster, uh, local craft place, and it's a wonderful pale ale. And I was like, I love pale ale, but I don't like IPAs. And then Seth was like, You dumb motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> pale ale is India. Pale ale is an IPA. They're the same goddamn right. thing. Sort no, of. Right. well, so sort of. A, a pale ale is a an India pale ale is a type of pale ale. Okay. Uh, it's just it's hoppier. It's got more. So okay, the idea uh, is they would pale take a, ale and an IPA are not the exact same thing, but they're correct. The, sort of in the same uh, family. Right. An IPA is a type of pale ale. It is a. It is right. It's um. If you have the umbrella, it's. You know, see, I had always thought that I didn't like hoppy things, but I like pale ales. So right. I was incorrect. Well, I no, I mean, like, if... so I, but I, I never like an IPA, but I do like pale ales. Correct, because IPA is okay. so. Well, so the difference between an IPA and a and a pale ale is that an IPA is hoppier. So the idea was that um, an India pale ale was created when uh, you'd have British ships traveling to India and coming back for supplies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, for trading or whatever. So hops is a natural preservative. So they would take their beer, which was usually a type of pale ale, and they would add a shit ton of hops to the barrels so that they would, it would be preserved on the ocean voyage. So the creation of an India pale ale was just, we need to make a, our beer last longer oh, on the open people, seas. And people like that taste. If right, because hops makes it more bitter. So in a di- so they were using it as a preservative, but oh, they see. got you. But some people got used to the taste and started to desire it. And now it's like a you know a craft brew sensation. Everyone right. makes a fucking pay- India pale ale, and I I don't like them either. <laughs> I think though that I well, this is the only one that I ever liked, the OJ. But I think it's because it's orangey. Yeah, it offsets the happiness. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. That's my IPA. Uh, what am I drinking? Sorry. And so why did Seth call you a stupid motherfucker or whatever? Because I think Seth was a little wrong here because he thought that IPAs and bale ales were about the same thing because he doesn't like hops at all. Yeah. 
and I'm always getting pale ales, and I'm thinking, oh, there's no hops in pale ales, but there are hops. But it's not, it is a hoppy, just not nearly as hoppy as IPA. Correct. Yes. But, like, if you don't like pale ale or IPA, what the fuck else is there? Well, no, so then you're Besides drinking... Besides Well, no, so your, your span is... So, <laughs> so beers, like, at essential beers, there are only four ingredients. You can add flavors and fruit and whatever else, but essentially, you have water uh, and yeast and hops and malts. Uh-huh. So the malts pro, uh, provide the sugar that the yeast feeds on. So if you have uh-huh. a maltier beer, something like a brown ale uh, or a stout, oh, I don't like something it. like that. Well, but the, so it's all ranges. But that so the the malts adds the sugar that the yeast feeds on and produces the alcohol, and the hops is there for bitterness, but also as a preservative. And then some beers go, you know, and start adding all kinds of different flavors. But there's okay. Uh, what's, a, what's a Guinness? I mean, that's a type of stout, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I think that's okay. a stout or a stout that's, adjacent. Right. I, I um, if you have like a if you have a Hefeweizen, that's a that's just a wheat beer. The malt okay, yeah, is yeah. wheat. I obviously um, like wheat beers. Wheat beers are delicious, uh, but that's why there's like so there's a there's a, the kind of German philosophy is I want to say it's called like Reinheitskeitbach. Or something like that, but the idea is that it is there. Are beer, true beer, should only consist of those four ingredients. And so, anytime you have something that's got like orange in it, or you know, when my I'm drinking my freaking blackberry sour or whatever, that is, <laughs> that's not like in the German tradition. But then when you get to sour beers, that was another way of masking, as opposed to so if an India pale ale was taking a beer and adding a bunch of hops so that it would last, it would be preserved for a voyage. Um, sour beers came about, I think, because it was like they, you know, you had like monks or something. It was like, and they had this beer that would go bad and it didn't taste very good. And so they would add a bunch of fruit to it to mask it. Oh. So that's how you end up with like lambics. Oh, I love a lambic. I love lambics. Oh, fucking lambics are the best. They're wonderful. It's a, but it is in the tradition of beer, it is basically making trash palatable. Whatever, fuck tradition. <laughs> wow, see, I've learned a lot about timelines and beer tonight. Thank I you. learned uh, a lot about beer too because I didn't know most of that. I used to work at a brewery. Oh. I had to get, I had to give oh. tours. I didn't know that either. Well, I didn't either. Hmm. Maybe you're a variant. There's a, a, a Tory my... variant that still works at a brewery. <laughs> a brewery. Who is an well, alligator. I will tell you, the best part about working at a brewery was that that was my high school job. So I was working there. Oh, wow. When I, when I was too drink. young, I could uh. not drink. And I was giving tours and I would have these asshole home brewers quizzing me. Mm. And then they'd be like, so what's your favorite beer? And I'm like, legally, I don't have one. I am 19 years old. <laughs> Um, one time though, I will say I, let's pretend I was over 21. Um, Mm -hmm. I, so I, most of the time I worked in retail and gave tours, but I also would, I would kind of, depending on where they needed me, I also worked on the production line. Mm -hmm. So usually I would be there handling like the, the six pack and the, and the case maker. So it was like, I was at the end of the production line. The bottles would come through. I had to make sure that there were six pack six packs loaded into that machine that the bottles could be dropped into. And then I had to make sure those got properly dropped into case boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one day where whoever it was that handled filling kegs 
was out sick. And so they're like, would you like to learn how to fill kegs? And I was like, I would like nothing more. <laughs> so I filled kegs for a whole day and I had to write like the batch number on it and everything. It would go into the cooler. And then my friend sent her brother, who was of age, to buy kegs for a New Year's party. And so I went to that party at the end of the day and they're like, oh, well, Tori, you work at the brewery, like tap the keg. And I look at it and it was the batch number I had filled. And I was like, wow. So I I did a keg stand on a keg that I filled. Illegally. And and let's say I was over 21. (laughs) As far as we know, she was 21. In this particular time, mind, she was born two years before. Correct. (laughs) That sounds like a reasonable job to have. It was age. a lot of fun. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, you guys talk about your beer and kung fu. I'm going to go get another one. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, I, I, oh, I haven't told my drinking story. Yes. Please tell your drinking story. I'm having more tequila, and I spilled it when I was making it, and I just <laughs> spilled it on myself just now. Um, so it's good tequila is what I'm hearing. God, I'm just going to reek of it. (laughs) Anyway, everything's fine. I'm probably going to. I'm glad that we handled Loki at the beginning of the show because my explanations would go way downhill (laughs) as the night progressed. Uh, What kind of tequila is it? Oh, no, it's more of the the rock stuff, Terramon. I made another Paloma. Oh, okay. I did not bring the bottle up with me, so I do not have the option of refilling. Uh, That's probably for the best. It definitely is for the best. What are you drinking, Dan? Uh, I'm drinking, uh, it's funny, I'm drinking an IPA. Uh, I'm drinking a <laughs> Coastal Access IPA from Pizza Port Brewing Company in Carlsbad, California. It was, uh, it was a gift, and so, yeah, it was free what, beer. What was it a gift in honor of? Just a, just a friend of mine gave me, gave me some beer, so. Oh, that's a good friend. Yeah. It's not like drinking it's not an like, IPA. <laughs> it is an IPA. Um, it's not like producer it. Seth calling you a stupid motherfucker. Right. Uh, and I don't, I will say, I don't always like IPAs, but this one was pretty good. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a double IPA, so it wasn't like crazy hoppy or whatever. Um, but it had a, had a good flavor. I enjoy it. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, speaking of things that people are enjoying. <laughs> I think that worked. It definitely did. It's It's time for Tori's Kung Fu Corner. Yay! Uh, The show that Tori watches and nobody else, or I guess Dustin also watches. Dustin, I I, I didn't get to see it this week. It's always like my Monday show, and I didn't get to it today because I have three other shows. Like, (laughs) looky. Oh, wait, is it okay if I spoil it? Yes, yes, I'll still watch it, of course. Okay. I want to see how Derek's doing. Oh, my God. It was so, well, not Derek. He didn't have much to do, but it was a very exciting night for everyone else. So, uh, Henry? yeah, well, so Nikki and Henry banged in the library in, oh front, of the, in front of the inexplicable <laughs> fire, which when they woke up the next morning was still going, which I that's I now I'm wondering if it's a fake fire. 
It's probably gas, is my right? guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, I mean, I was kind of like, that's that's fiction. Like, whoa there, TV show. I could accept that there was a fireplace in this library. Right. But not right. that no. it was like going full bore right. at like eight in the morning when they right. woke up post-coitally, like no. curled up on a couch. But anyway, I was very happy for them. That was very exciting for them. Um, and Jalan also was having a very busy week. She, uh, so she finally went with her, like, little boy toy and stole all of his father's, uh, weapons. Mm -hmm. So she had seven of the eight weapons. And in the, and so she only had, like, one more to collect. And Nikki and she both figure out at the same time that there is a K-pop star who happens to be Chinese. He's, like, Mm -hmm. a bilingual K-pop star. Right. Which is a real thing that happens. Absolutely happens. Yes. Um, I'll take your word for it, Dan. <laughs> I'm sure you learned that on IMDb. I, you know, well, no, you, you look up when you get into, when you're as big a K-pop fan as I am, <laughs> hashtag BTS army, uh, then you learn that sometimes, you know, people, singers from other, from China or Japan will go to Korea and become K-pop stars. Wait, do we need to pivot the podcast so we can get that? BTS Army bump. I feel like we would be in danger real fast. So. Okay, yeah, no, that's Maybe. true. That's a double-edged sword. There. <laughs> yeah, they, they turn. Um, okay, so anyway, so there's a, a K-pop star who is a guardian, and mm-hmm. he is the one who has the last weapon, which they were saying was a meteor hammer, but it was one of those ball and chain spiky things. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it called a hammer before. Um, so when he busted it out, I was like, damn, it was really cool. Um, but anyway, so he was doing a performance in Las Vegas. So Nikki and Henry went to sneak in and they had, a, they were like going to have a nice date, but that got kind of screwed up because, uh, Jalan soda showed up mm-hmm. and, and honestly it got a little sad because I was really rooting for this musician guy I was really kind of hoping he was he was super cool uh, I thought he might stick around but she killed him in front of Nikki oh. um, it was it was a bummer but part of it was because Nikki kind of got torn she had she and the guy had Zalon right where they wanted her and then her underling brought in Henry beaten mm-hmm. up and that distracted Nikki and then Jalan broke free and killed uh killed Simon Lau, the uh the K pop star. Mm-hmm. So so now officially Jalan has all of the weapons gathered, but Nikki has figured out the secret of uh where the source is, the the forge. So mm-hmm. the one thing that Simon was able to tell her is that uh the reason they found him was that there was a one of his songs was based on the nursery rhyme that was in her aunt's recordings that was mm-hmm. supposed to be the, the clue to where the forge was. Mm-hmm. And so what he tells her at the end is like, you know, the thing is that song, that rhyme is told from the sword's perspective. So it's supposed to, whether well, there's a line in it about like following the light or something like that. So Nikki figures out that it's about the scabbard, which she mm-hmm. is the one thing she's managed to hold on to that Jalan hasn't gotten. Right. So if you're telling something from the sword's point of view, it's going to be looking through the scabbard. Mm-hmm. So she shines a flashlight through the scabbard, and it reveals a star map. And so now she knows the way, once she figures out how to read a star map, I don't know, uh, she'll figure out how to get to the forge and protect it right. uh, before Jalan does. 
But it's really sad because she's like, finally, her family's all getting along and everything's going well. And then, like, the ghost of her her teacher shows up and is like, yeah, by the way, like, you're going to have to leave all of this behind when you go stop Jalan. So mm-hmm. I'm there's only two more episodes this season, and I'm a little worried because, you know, how is she going to manage the whole, like, you know, it's not really a work-life balance. It's more of, like, a destiny-life balance. Right. Um, but either way, she and Henry are hot and heavy. <laughs> Banging in front of inexplicable Get it, fires. Nikki. Yeah. I was very happy for them. Yeah. Good for them, right? Good for them. But yeah, I don't know what happened to Derek. Poor Derek. <laughs> His name is Evan. Is it? Why... We're dead. I don't know why you would get so defensive about that. According to according to IMDb, his name is. Let's just. I just want us to be accurate. You know. Okay. Uh-huh. It might be Devin. What about Devin? <laughs> Has anyone yeah. ever met a good Devin? I, don't know I think you I should talk to the writers and get them to change it to Derek because he looks like a Derek. Yeah. I think that would be. Maybe you can talk to IMDb and have that. Have them change that. Yeah, what if we just change it in IMDb? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good way to get your account banned very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm very excited. Oh, and the parents are going to revamp the restaurant to uh, feature more of the foods that they want to cook. And I think that's going to be delightful. And I have a feeling in the future episodes, it's going to make me very hungry. Mm. So, that might be the tequila talking. <laughs> what if there is like a god who's determining that Nikki and Henry get together <laughs> instead of Nikki and Derek? Mm. Who's, just... Who are naturally supposed to be together, but this timeline god is keeping them apart. Well, you know what? That timeline god is, you can have my sword because Henry... <laughs> Have I taught? Have I told you about the shoulders? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm. You know. Apparently, I really like shoulders. I didn't know that before. Yeah, that's a that's a unusual. Well, yeah, no, not, nobody's ever. Yeah, shoulders is not a thing that people highlight a lot. Forearms, you see a lot. I don't understand the forearms thing. I mean, I don't not understand it. Like, if somebody's attractive, they're attractive. But like. Mm-hmm. A, a strong forearm has never changed my opinion. Hmm. Because I don't really know if I've ever noticed a weak forearm, but like shoulders. Those, sure, yeah. they, yeah. those stand out. I guess when, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like they'll, like, like a, a broad shoulder makes you, I don't know. But it's not even no, because like no, because like so football. Well, football players can have broad shoulders, mm-hmm. and it's not Lucky like they're does not have broad shoulders. No, it's about the proportion. Right, mm-hmm. but I but I mean like compared to like his like he's clearly pretty slim, so like his shoulders are broad for his frame. Yeah, in, in, the, yes. in that shirt for sure. In that with, shirt, like, exactly. Yeah, it's the, in the, the shirt. Yeah. Look, I don't want to make. I don't want to be like he's just like some broad-shouldered hunk. I want to be like <laughs> he's in a shirt. That is very attractive. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give him too much credit 
it's really it, the shirt is doing a whole lot shirt. of work. It's but not maybe just it's like slumping versus not slumping. No, no, don't besmirch the power of the shirt. The okay. shirt huh? right. is brilliant. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this isn't a situation where it's like Henry jogs up in the first episode and he's wearing the muscle tee and you're like, that's that's clearly I mean the shirt is revealing a lot, but that is right. him. Right. Those are his shoulders on display. Like we haven't seen Loki's shoulders. They're under that shirt. The shirt is doing the, the heavy lifting. Right. He um, didn't. You know who else has nice shoulders? Who? Mike White. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> That was uh, that's a hell of a transition. That's a that, that's also quite a transition. Completely inaccurate. <laughs> um, it's uh, we're gonna, but, but that gives us an excellent way into uh, the Wait, white lotus. What? I don't know I if I call it what? excellent. It gives us a, a a way into the white lotus. Um, it's the new Mike White uh, miniseries on HBO. Uh, it is uh, he. Wrote and directed, I think, the whole thing, six episodes, or will mm-hmm. be six episodes by the end. Um, it is. Uh, it follows a bunch of tourists at a high-end resort and some of the workers uh, at a high-end resort in uh, on Maui in Hawaii. And uh, and it's uh, the cast is great. You have Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Alexandra Daddario, Jake Lacey, uh, Steve Zahn. Um, uh, Natasha Rothwell, who I'm blanking what people know her from, but she was in. Yeah, I can't think of um, it either. She was the daughter of something. Uh, can, I, can I ask a quick question? Yes. Um, who has better hair? Is it Connie Britton mm. or Alexander Daddario? Ooh. Oh, it's they, definitely. They it's both definitely have in hair. this. It's definitely Connie Britton. Yes. Really? Yeah. Her, I mean, oh. she had because she has full Connie Britton hair, and Alexandra she never shows up without it. Right, but but Alexandra Daddario in this is kind of, she's like, I mean, she's you know, she still looks like her, but she's kind of dressed down a little bit. Oh, she doesn't go the because she often she has a mane on her. Right, because she she is um, she's Jake Lacey's uh, new wife in the in the show and. Yeah. Um, but she's like he's very oh. rich. He's very wealthy and like like super wealthy, and like trust fund kid kind of wealthy. And she's supposed to be like a reporter who like, and they're they're even though they got married, their relationship is clearly still very young. So she's kind of like out of her el- like she's not uh, wealthy elite in the way that that he is. Um, so so she's you know so she she's supposed to be a little bit less. Uh, glamorous, I guess. Versus Connie Britton's character is she's like a high-powered CEO and like very put together and knows what she's doing. She knows um, what to do with her hair. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Hmm. Oh, interestingly, uh, Natasha Rothwell was on Ducktales as Zan uh-huh. Allison. Um, uh-huh. That's not what I was trying to think of her from, but wait, um, Zan Allison. Zan Allison. Allison. Oh, yeah. oh, she was a uh, Mark, um, the fake Zuckerberg's um, assistant, who then becomes like a mayor in another city. Yes, that's exactly who she, she was. She's great, and she was on Insecure. That's where I was trying to. No, don't <laughs> sully this. It's also Insecure. <laughs> Ducktales. But yes, Ducktales. She was. Hmm. She was on Ducktales as Zan Allison. Um, so, uh, uh, 
if I'm remembering correctly, Tori, you haven't seen The White Lotus I, yet. I did not watch uh, it. Dustin did, um, and I did. Um, so I, I had kind of a weird reaction to this, um, and it's, it's not... Uh, it's I, very I've, personal for you. Yeah. It's kind of personal. So, so the way that it, it, I was watching this show, and something about it was upsetting me in a way that I didn't know... I didn't know what it was, because I, I like Mike White as a writer... For sure, I I and there were moments in the show like the show is kind of like darkly comedic and like it's it kind of at least in the first episode kind of walks this line where like some things are super cringy, some things are very like oh those people are gross, and some things are funny like or often a mix of all three at the same time. Um, but uh, I was having like this really kind of like visceral and I normally do not get this where uh, this visceral kind of like reaction to it where I was like this I don't like this and I don't know why and um, uh, I thought about it and I think what it was is that um, this show is touted as like these this uh, you know it's set at a resort in Hawaii obviously and and I think I was just feeling frustrated that this um Despite the fact that I think the show's well made, I think it's well written. I think the I love the cast, um, but I it felt to me like um, like another show that's using Hawaii as a backdrop for for you know mainland America's stuff rather than as uh, as it's you know as, as telling a story that that makes sense to tell tell there. Like it didn't have to be. At least so far through one episode, it doesn't feel like it has to be Hawaii. It just has it could to be have been some, Cancun. It, it could have been, been yeah any any resort. any resort that's fancy and has an underclass that is being you know kind of put upon by rich people. They could have been on a cruise ship. They could have been on a cruise ship, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I mean so again, I've only seen the first episode, so I don't know where it goes. Uh, there there is at least one. There are at least a couple of characters who are. Uh, you know, from Hawaii, and so they're obviously you know employees, but um, there there are at least some storylines that that seem like they're going to take place on that track. Uh, so maybe they will dig into it. But it was it was funny to me that I was watching this and I was I was look and I was trying to find the thing that made it um, that that made it where like it should have been where like it's it makes sense to be set in Hawaii and I I haven't seen that yet um and versus like you know the, the this is just frustrating to me just on a on a level again separate from the show but because Hawaii when it's used as a backdrop uh when it's when it's uh not standing in for something else but when it is representing Hawaii it it's either cop show which is fine you know there, there are cop show, cop shows can be anywhere, um, or it's something like this where it's not about the people there, and I don't know. It's it's just frustrating, and it feels like you know there could be at least one show that's a little it's bit more, about yeah, Hawaii. about yeah, and and about Hawaii, and because you can you can use that to show how Hawaii is not that different than I mean it is part of America. And we have a lot of American problems in Hawaii, just yeah. like anywhere else. Like a different form of it and a different version of it. But um, yeah, I know. So so it did. It definitely did frustrate me um, a little bit. 
but that being said, the show itself is well made. Um, I, I, I do want to continue watching it. Um, and, and I hope that, that, that comes into play because it could, uh, because of these, these secondary characters they have. But, uh, anyway, I've, I've monopolized this for my soapbox and I apologize. And, but, but Dustin, what did you think since you also saw the, the first episode? I enjoyed it. It made me very uncomfortable in a good way. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I thought it was funny, but darkly mm-hmm. so. Uh, I don't know where it's going, except that um, somebody dies. Oh, we right. They Wait, did. they do? They, yeah, they set that up at like the very beginning. Um, and, which I hate, but also Wait, it worked here. You know how they always the sh- do that thing? What is thing? the show about? It's, it's about... kind of not about anything yet. Okay. Okay. It's... So it's like there's a resort and there are people who work there and there are people who are staying there. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of making fun of privileged Americans, like wealthy people and Yeah. Okay. So so the the kind of the three threads that were or I guess the three uh th- visitor threads that we're following are so there's Jake Lacey and Alexandra Daddario who are uh newlyweds um and you know he's very uh, super wealthy, and she's not. Um, you have Connie Britton and Steve Zahn, yeah, and, and he uh, spends the whole episode obsessing over the fact that they got the wrong room, and that's right, all right. he can do. Yeah, because he feels because <laughs> he feels like they were screwed out of what he believes he paid for. They which, got a gorgeous room, but yeah. it's not the one he thought that he 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 was entitled to. Yeah, which okay. uh, which his wife points out, uh, his mom paid for, not him. Right, right. Um, which also <laughs> eats at him, no doubt. Uh, but so, so that's one track. A second track is Connie Britton and Steve Zahn, and then their kids. Um, but they're a married couple plus their family on vacation, um, and like she's the high-powered CEO breadwinner of the family, and he's um, he's going through like a health scare. So um, that's kind of like their thing. Um, he keeps checking his testicles because he thinks he has uh, testicle cancer. Right. And you also get to see his testicles many times. Well, you, you see it... Well, twice. Twice. You see it... I, that's it it's many. only in one scene, but they, they definitely linger on the on the prosthetic that they're showing. Or, no, it's or, two scenes. Because there's one underwater. Scenes? One underwater as well. Do you Are see sh- it underwater? I thought you just see him like looking into his shorts. No, no, because his son is underwater uh, snorkeling and sees his dad. Oh, that's he, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, are we sure it's a prosthetic? It may not be, but there was definitely a... It lingered on it long enough that I was like, I don't know. Well, whatever. It's either... <laughs> there was a lot of testicle there. Yeah. A lot of hair. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you that was going to be the make or break it for if I watch this show? Like, I need to know that it's real ball and not right. fake ball. Um, I, my guess, I feel like it's fake. but I feel like it is also fake. Uh, I'm not watching the show. I don't have patience for <laughs> fake testicles. Right. There's Suzanne's um, fake testicles, if that helps. Yeah. I know, not if his real testicles were an option. <laughs> oh, okay, fair well, enough. Well, clearly they weren't if, uh, if these are fake. <laughs> um, and, uh, and a third thread is uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who's coming, and she's depressed and uh, dealing with the loss of her mother and uh, seems like she's glomming on to... Uh, uh, Natasha Rothwell, who who works at the uh, hotel, um, and, yeah, and uh, sort of a workplace 
family uh, or workplace characters as well. Yeah. So so that and then there's a yeah there's a thread that that's going with the kind of the hotel manager and some of the employees. And the um, hotel manager is like the best part of the show so far. Uh, yeah. Although very British. Fair, fair. I, no, he was great, but that was one of the roles where I was like, you could have, that character Gun. could be local, and that's yeah. okay. Like, fair. it doesn't yeah, have, yeah. I don't know. I mean, him being British adds, like, 10% of, like, you know, fun to it, because it gives him an attitude and blah, 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 whatever. But, uh, and the actor, Murray Bartlett, is great. So, none of that, this is all my own thing, it's all my own baggage I'm bringing to the show. It's completely uh, understandable baggage. But um, yeah, yeah. has there ever been a show set in Hawaii that wasn't a cop show or a vacation? Uh, yes, there Lost. was. Uh, well, no, but that doesn't oh, no, take that place was... in Hawaii. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, the uh, well, so I'm trying to think of uh, what shows I can come up with. Uh, the uh, oh shoot, what, what was it called? Uh, Birds of Paradise, which was about the bird family, but they were transplants. So again, it was about people from the mainland coming to Hawaii. Right. Uh, but Tim, uh, Tim Busfeld was the lead. Oh. He was the dad. of. The, it was a single dad move, moved his family with his kids to the, to the islands, and it only went for one season. And I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is one of his daughters. Oh. Um, and I, I don't remember at all if the show is good or not, uh, but I just remember when that was on and being like, oh, yeah, show in Hawaii, cool. But it's about people moving to Hawaii. So, um, yeah. I'm sure there are. I mean, my... So it's, you know, it's a movie, obviously, but, like, the uh, the Descendants remains kind of, like, one of the more accurate depictions of, like, normal... You know, some, some version of normalcy in Hawaii. I mean, they're, you know, they're upper middle class, and there's a whole thing, you know. But, but at least that was, like, a believable version of, like, people in Hawaii who were, like, and it was local. based on my wife's best friend's family. Yeah. And, uh... Really? book, right? Uh, 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 yeah, it's about the longest-running, um... Uh, uh, estate, what is it called? It goes down from generation to generation. In yeah. like, America. Yeah, they have, um, they're like homestead, uh, I don't know the term, I'm going to get all the terms wrong, but there's like, uh, there are families that have passed down land from like, from the kingdom, from the days of like the kingdom, because it was kind of like grandfathered in that like, right. Hawaiian families would get to keep this land. Um, and so, 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 like now, hundreds of years later, there are still families that ha- that control parcels of land um, based on kind of like these these old contracts from before Hawaii was a uh, was you know annexed basically. Um, and uh, uh, oddly enough, that's one of the things that Mark Zuckerberg is preying upon uh, as he tries to buy up uh, land oh, in no Hawaii. Way. But you know. No, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's not mm. fine, but you know. Um, anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we're not really discussing the show, but you're you're right, Dustin. It is very uh, it it is very uncomfortable to watch. Um, but I'm not sure why yet. But it is very uncomfortable. I, I at least for me, outside of my own baggage, um, it, there's something about like. 
none of these characters are great. Like you're not, you're definitely not rooting for any of them at least yet. Maybe Daddario. Jennifer Coolidge or Daddario, because she seems like the most normal, and right. Jennifer Coolidge because she seems the most sad, mm-hmm. and like going through like something very specific. Um, everyone else kind of seems awful in a in one way or another. Um, Including uh, uh, Murray Bartlett, the Armand, the manager, um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I am curious to see where it goes. Uh, also, uh, I am curious because uh, Molly Shannon is. Uh, it's been promised that she will show up soon enough, <gasps> uh, and I love Molly Shannon, so I would like to see that. Um, yeah, yeah. It she says she's in six episodes on IMDb, which she is not. But 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 I did watch the preview for the rest of the season, and she plays Jake Lacey's mom. So she's the she's the mom who's paying for everything. So which I think, like hearing that, I'm like, oh yeah, that'll be fun at least. Um. So. So who died? We don't don't know. know. Um. And that's the mystery that I think that they just Mike White added a hook. I think just to get the other people who are not interested in sort of the privileged people show. Right. But the funny thing is that the hook, I mean, I, I remember seeing the hook and being like, Oh, okay. So it's a murder mystery. And then the hook becomes unimportant for the rest of the episode. So I kind of don't care who died (laughs) at least so far because they're all awful. So it's like, Oh, okay. One of these awful people will have died. Um, So it's like a flash forward kind of thing. Yeah. So somebody um, is going to die, and we know that, but it technically hasn't happened yet. Right, because you start at the he's he's at the airport about to leave uh, the islands, um, and uh, and then and they're like, "Who died?" And uh, he's talking to some nosy people who are annoying um, in their own way. Um, Dustin, do you want to guess who died? Well, I think they want us to think that it's. Dario. They want us to think it's her. I'm sure it's not. Right. Just based on the setup. Well, I don't know who. I think it's Molly Shannon. Oh, that would be Because oh. he's upset at the beginning, so it's like, if so it's, it's not going to be... somebody close to him. It, it's probably... It's either somebody close to him or somebody who... It could be someone that he meets in the... I think it's supposed to take place over a week, so... It could be someone that he meets and becomes close to over that week, but it has to be someone who would be leaving Hawaii. So it has to be one of the guests. Um, so. Have we met a guest that Alexander Daddario could cheat on him with? Uh, not yet, unless she were to cheat on him with Steve Zahn. Hmm. Unlike, yeah. Which is probably unlikely, because story, yeah. those stories seem separate enough. But um, it does seem like she will cheat on him. Because she's already dissatisfied in her marriage. I mean, I hope so, because their marriage does not seem great. Yeah, no. Um, people oh, should they did have they better did. marriages. What? I said people should have better marriages. Yeah. Stop marrying point. people that are unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Just hold out. I agree. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's the... that's. That's the White Lotus. Uh, it's six episodes, we, so if nothing else, it will end. We'll quickly. return to this at the end, I'm sure. It seems like, uh, is it is this show, did Mike White do Enlightened? 
It seems like people are comparing it to Enlightened a lot. Uh, yeah, he did. In- Enlightened, I think, was his last series. Okay. I actually right? did not. He's done movies not. and stuff, yeah. Did not. Uh, people liked it. Uh, uh, we hmm. lost Dustin. Yeah, Dustin, uh, it says your audio upload is complete for me. <laughs> I can still, so Tori, we're in that situation where I can still hear Dustin and I you can, cannot yeah, clearly. I can't, yeah, it says he's left. Um, we could also end it here. <laughs> I mean, we're, we've kind of, we, we talked about everything we wanted yeah. to talk about. I can hear you, but Tori can't hear you. Yeah. So we're going to end it. Uh, <laughs> Dustin probably can't say goodnight, but Dustin says goodnight. Uh, yeah. Good night. Good night. <laughs>